0: Good morning. Welcome to our July 19th live streaming service from Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church. In this time of a COVID virus, it's comforting to be in the house of our Lord. We're excited to have Dr. Joe King deliver the sermon this morning. Next Sunday, we will have Pastor John Gordy of RUF, which means Reformed University Fellowship, at Valdosta State University bring the message. He will also share a bit about RUF and the very encouraging happenings at the universities in our presbytery. Refer to your bulletin for further announcements. Let us prepare our hearts for worship. Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 72, beginning with verse 5. May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound until the moon be no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. Father, We ask you for your great hand of comfort during this time of distress and great concern. Our world seems to have changed greatly because of a pandemic. We have many questions and few answers. You, however, are the answer to all the uncertainty. You are the steady rock in our lives. You are in control, even when we do not have the patience to understand that. Please guide and direct us during this time. We ask for all of this in Jesus' name.
1: Please join us as we sing Jesus Shall Reign, verses 1 through 3. the communion communion of saints, saints, the the forgiveness of sins, sins, and the resurrection of the body and 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 the life everlasting. Amen.
2: Please be seated. Our Lord gave us instructions concerning prayer, the necessity of prayer. His disciples came to him on one occasion and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus gave them what we call a model prayer. And this morning I'd like for us to recite it together, pray it together, and then I'd like to lead us in an extended word of prayer. Would you join me as we pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed
1: hallowed be your name.
2: You are enthroned above the cherubim. You, God, are the God of the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. And, Lord, we ask that you would incline your ear to the prayers of your children this morning. We give you praise and we give you thanks. We adore you, for you are a great God. You are greatly to be praised. You have shown your power through your creation We come to worship you, for there is none like you. We adore you. Our Lord, hear our prayer as we speak to you this day. We thank you for your mercies to us. You have shown your great mercy to us. The very breath that we breathe is a gift. The salvation that we have is by grace. It, too, is a gift. Your grace to us is so undeserving, and we thank you that your mercies are fresh every morning, for great is your faithfulness. Our Father, we come not only to adore you this morning, but also to ask you to forgive us of our sins. We have all broken your law in word and in thought and in our deeds. We have done what you have told us not to do. We have not done what you have told us to do. And we fall short of your commandments each and every day. We're thankful for your grace in our lives. We're thankful for your mercy to us, O Lord. We pray for those who are experiencing this virus throughout this world We ask your healing upon them. And we ask, Father, that you would use this sickness even to your glory. We thank you that you have spared many of us from receiving this illness. And yet, Father, we know of loved ones who have been affected. Some have even died. And, Lord, we ask for your healing for those who are suffering even now. We pray for comfort and peace. We pray, Father, for for those who are discouraged this morning. As times are difficult with unemployment, with business decisions that must be made, with financial um, decisions to be made, the list goes on and on. For some of us, we're facing difficult things in our lives and in our families, with our children, with our grandchildren. In our communities. We pray, O oh God, for your peace, your protection. We pray, Father, too, for our country. We thank you for those that are serving in our armed forces that are keeping us safe so that we can come and worship you this day. We pray for them. We pray for their families. We ask you, Lord, to guide our leaders and give them wisdom in leading this nation. We pray for their safety. We pray for your mercy to be upon them. We thank you that the kingdoms of this world are in your hand. And you alone have the supreme power to direct the affairs of this world. Lord, we see our nation changing quickly. We pray, Father, for revival throughout our land, throughout our community, throughout our households even in our individual hearts, that we might be brought back to the God who loved us. And we pray, Father, for boldness and grace and wisdom to witness for your glory during this time. We pray today, Father, for the Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church. Thank you for her pastor, Marion. Thank you for his family. We pray, Father, for rest for him while he's away. We pray for the officers of this church. Lord, give them wisdom. Put your hand upon them. Fill them with your spirit. That, Lord, they would do and lead this church in a godly manner that you would bless. We pray for those that are members of this church, Father, that are suffering due to illnesses. Some are waiting surgeries, some are waiting uh, uh, messages from a doctor. Some have received bad news. God, encourage them. Lift them up. Thank you that you know us intimately. And there is nothing that escapes your notice. Even before there is ever a word on our tongue, Lord, you know it all. And we bless you and thank you that despite of our sinfulness, you love us more than we could ever imagine. And Jesus has truly paid it all. So, we, Lord, we ask this morning that you would bless our time together, bless this time of worship. May it be glorifying to you. May we leave this building and know that it has been good to be in the house of our God, for you have met with us. And we, as your servants, have given you honor and glory and praise, for you alone are worthy. And we ask this in the blessed name of our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ, whom we pray. Amen. It is a uh, great honor for me to be with you today. I thank uh, the session of this church and their pastor, Marion Clark, for the invitation to come back and speak. I was blessed to serve as senior pastor of this church for 12 years, from 2000 to 2012, I think it was. It's been eight years. Can you believe that? And uh, it's real joy to be back with you today and to open the word of God and and to preach and uh, I want to ask you to turn with me to a very familiar passage of scripture this morning that I pray that will bring you great encouragement it's Psalm 46 it's a uh, a psalm that's been written in a time of of real crisis and uh I'd like you to listen as I read it from the Word of God. It's uh, the English Standard Translation. It may read a little differently than your Bible. But uh, listen and ask the Lord to speak to me today. Ask the Lord to speak to you today in a fresh way from His Word. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam. Though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come. Behold the works of the Lord. He has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word, we ask that the Holy Spirit would teach us. And I pray, Father, that you would bring to my mind the things that that I've studied, that you would like for me to share with these people today. That you would encourage them. For you love them. Love them more than you can ever imagine. And I pray, Father, that you would get all the glory and honor. That you would open your word if the Holy Spirit would teach us. And give us understanding. Because, Lord, if the Spirit doesn't work, If the Spirit doesn't open our minds and our eyes and our hearts, then it will be all in vain. But your word never returns void. And so, Lord, we ask that you would encourage us this day as we look at this psalm. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Recently, someone posted on Facebook... A question that I thought was quite interesting. The question was simply, How is your 2020 year going? And several people wrote in and, and posted and gave their response. And one lady gave a response that I thought was just terrific. She said this She says, I'll tell you how my 2020 year is going. She said, I can't wait for 2021. I just want it over. Kind of reminds me of the uh, the recording artist Ann Murray. Country artist years ago recorded a song, and the song was entitled, A Little Good News. I don't know about you, but I need some good news. You know, when we look around and we see what's going on in our world with the pandemic, we see people unemployed, we see the financial situation reminds me more of a stock exchange reminds me more of a 10 year old with a yo-yo just going up and down up and down up and down and you wonder where will it stop will it stop you, you see people out of work you see people that are hurting you see people dying you see riots you see so many so much chaos in this world we need some good news and i think this morning as we look at psalm 46 I pray that God would give you some good news. But before we even dig into the Word, I want to give you a background of what's happening here in Psalm 46 so that you understand more and more. Notice the text. Before the text are these words, to the choirmaster of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a psalm. Now, what is that about? Well, we know that the sons of Korah were descendants of Levi, who was Moses' son. And the sons of Korah were responsible mainly for directing the music and the choirs in the temple. They were very, very gifted. And 11 of the 150th Psalms that we have here in the Psalms are dedicated to the sons of Korah. And so they were a very vital part of worship. But there's something interesting that caught my attention as I was studying this passage the other day, and that's the second phrase. Not only the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth. Now, the word Alamoth comes from a Hebrew word which means young lady or young girl. And it is possible that the sons of Korah, as they wrote this hymn to be sung as a song in the temple, wrote a certain part for the young women to come and sing with the sons of Korah. Maybe it was a high soprano part. We don't know. We don't have the music. But what we know is that the author of the Psalms wanted us to know that there was a part that females played in the singing of this song in the temple. Maybe it was little children that came up on the steps of the temple. We don't know. But it must have been glorious to hear it. And you'll notice that this is a psalm that's written in a time of crisis, but it's a time of celebration as well. Now, we're not certain what was going on in the background of this psalm. We're not even sure who wrote it. Some attribute it to David. I don't think so. I think it was probably one of the sons of Korah, which is not named. But what we do, what John Calvin and other scholars believe, that the occurrence of this psalm, the background of this psalm, came from 2 Kings chapter 18 and 19. In that text of Scripture, if you turn there, you'll see that Judah's king was Hezekiah. Wonderful guy. God used him in wonderful. Man of God. Led the people in the right way. As a matter of fact, it was time for him to die and he prayed and he said, God, give me 15 more years. And God gave him 15 more years. He was just a godly, godly man. But King Sennacherib was the king of the Assyrians and they had come from the north and they were coming down to the south and they had surrounded Jerusalem where King Hezekiah was. And they were going to overtake it. And Hezekiah went into the temple and he began to pray. And he said, God, what would you have me to do? The enemy is at my gates. What would you want me to do? God, spare us. And as he began to pray, he went to Isaiah. And Isaiah came and prophesied and said to him, it's going to be okay, Hezekiah. You will have success. And Hezekiah prayed, and the enemy was there at the doorsteps of the gates of, Israel, of, of, of Jerusalem. And we read in the 19th chapter of Second Kings, verse 35, what God did. Listen. And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, behold, there were dead bodies. And Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, departed and went home and lived at Nineveh. Then we read there was a coup attempt upon his life. If that is the occasion for the background for Psalm 46, the psalmist is writing and he is saying, What a great God we have because you have spared us from the chaos. Let me invite you to dig in with me for a few moments of Psalm 46. And notice what he says. He describes God, first of all. He says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. The word refuge that he uses there means security. And he may be referring to... Numbers chapter 25 and excuse me, Numbers 35 and verses 12 through 24, where Moses established five cities what were cities of refuge for the Israelites to go into that they could live in safety after they had committed a crime. Let's say that someone was out in the out in the uh, forest and they were chopping wood and as they chopped wood, their axe broke and the handle came off and the head Came and hit your neighbor and killed your neighbor. The cities of refuge were established so that that person who committed that crime could go to those cities and could live there for a period of time until the trial uh, transpired and he could be safe. Now, to a Jewish mind, that was very, very important. And so the psalmist says here God is the refuge. God is the one who controls and ordains all things. And he says not only that, he is our strength. You know why we need strength? Because we're weak. I remember uh, my daughter was very little. We would go in and have prayers at night with her and read the Bible. We taught her that song that you all know. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak. He's strong. He's strong. Do you know that in your life? Do you do you really know that in your life that He is really your refuge? <laughs> the psalmist says He is our help in time of needs. Beautiful word picture that He uses there for the word help. It's the idea of a a sailing vessel that's at sea and it is being anchored by chains and ropes so that it is secure to go through the storm. God is our help. I don't know about you, but I need that help. I need that help daily. And notice the psalmist doesn't say God is our help. He says he is a very present help. Present help. Now, in the Old Testament, we know that God was with the people and the Holy Spirit resided in some of the people some of the time for whatever calling they might have had. David had the Holy Spirit. The Lord said when he sinned against uh, the Lord and and he prayed in Psalm 51, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. We get into the New Testament and we read that John is referring to Jesus Christ in John chapter 1, verse 14, and he says, And he says uh, these words, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, it means He tabernacled among us. And then when Jesus was crucified and died and was about to ascend to His Father, and He gathered His disciples with Him one last time, and one of the last things that He said to them in Matthew chapter 28 In verses 18 and following, he said, Go into all the world and what? Preach the gospel, make disciples and what? Lo, I am with you till the end of the age. We need to be reminded of that, that the Lord is with us even in the times of crisis. Now, notice what's happening here in this text. He says, We will not fear. Verse 2, though the earth gives way and the mountains move into the heart of the sea. Now think about that. Throughout the Bible, the, the mountains are used as a sign of security, of stability. And the psalmist is picturing here that these mountains that are so majestic are in the heart of the sea. It's completely opposite of what it should be. The world is turned upside down. And then he says, Though the waters roar and foam, and though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Then he uses a term, selah. It's an interesting term. And most scholars believe it is a musical term. That's sort of a crescendo Whereas the symbolist at this time might have taken the symbols and crashed them together and said, let's think about what we just sang to give glory to God. Pause. Think about it. Think about it. And then he says in verse 4, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Now, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, you know there's not a river running through the city. It's built upon a mountain. They call it Mount Zion because you have to go up the mountain to get to the city. Well, what city? What's, what's, What's the... The purpose in telling us about a river, Well, archaeologists have discovered that there was a stream that went from the Gihon River and went underground thanks to Hezekiah, who the king instructed them to have a water uh, way through the mountain underground of almost 1,800 feet so that the people could be nourished. You see, if you're in warfare, one of the places that you want to attack is the water supply. And here, the Israelites were safe because God was supplying them with refreshment. And often in the Bible, when we read about that word water, it's referring to refreshment. He says there's a river, there's peace, there's stability in the midst of all this chaos that the world is falling apart And he says, God is in the midst of him. And then he says, there's a crisis in the nations. Verse 6, the nations rage. It's the same word that he used in verse 3, with the waters roaring. The nations are raging. The kingdoms are tottering. And he utters his voice, and the earth melts. Don't you love that? I mean, when you turn on the television and you see what's happening in the evening news around the world with nations against nations, and you see what's happening among riots, and you see what's happening among demonstrations, and you see what's happening among the government officials, and they're not agreeing on different things, and things are happening in China, and things are happening in the United States, things are happening in Hong Kong, and we've got unrest in different places. The psalmist says, God's got it under control. And at any point he wants to just raise his voice, the earth will melt like butter. That's our God. That's Yahweh. That's your God. That's who you serve. The same God of the Old Testament is your God today to take you through what you're going through, whether it be a surgery, an illness, A disease, a financial issue, a marriage problem, a problem with your children, a problem with your grandchildren, loneliness, depression. You fill in the blank. He's the God who can raise his voice, and everything can change. And then he says in verse 7 The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. You'll notice he says that again in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob. Now, if I had been writing this, I think I would have written it a little differently than what the psalmist wrote. I would have said the God of Abraham is with us. I mean, he's, he's the father of the Jews. He's the one that made the Abrahamic covenant. Or the God of Isaac. You think of what all Isaac did. But when I think of Jacob, I think of a deceiver. I think of one that wrestled with the angel of God to the point that that, that God had to take his uh, his hip socket out of place. I I think of a guy who cheated his own brother out of his birthright. I I, I think of a guy who deceived over and over and over again. And yet in God's sovereignty and providence, he chose to continue the covenant seed line through Jacob. And what's just to remind us that it is his sovereign choice... That matters. And God used Jacob in a wonderful, wonderful way. And notice he repeats it in verse 11 The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. I have to tell you kind of a funny story. When I was a teenager, I always didn't listen to my mother very well, regretfully. She was a godly woman, we were about the same height. You know, you go through your teenage years and you think you know more than your parents. And uh, I, I, uh, she was so kind and so patient with me and so many times. And, and I remember when she wanted to get my attention, she would come around to the front, my front. She would look me in the eye. She had long fingernails. And she would grab my arm and she would put her fingernails in my arm. And she would take her other hand and she would point it in my face and she would use those words I just hated to hear. Larry, Joe, listen to me. Did I not tell you to do this? Yes, ma'am, you did. Well, then why aren't you doing it? And I hated to hear that because I knew I was wrong. And then she'd say something even more, more scary to me. She'd say, and I just want to remind you, your father will be home in 15 minutes. And I knew. I knew. I knew I needed to get it done. I needed to be reminded. Listen, when God writes His Word and He says something to us over more than once, He's saying, Are you listening to me? Are you listening? And he gives us an invitation. Come, come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth, how he makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. It's not politics, It's not some political platform. Yes, God uses those things, but ultimately, what is it? It's God. Verse 9, he breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. You read through the Old Testament, you see it over and over and over again how God gave victory to the Israelites as they sought Him, as they followed the Ark of the Covenant. God's blessing was upon the people. And so we have here the context of a world that's literally in despair. It's in chaos. We've got mountains that are falling into the hearts of the sea. We've got the sea that's overcoming the mountains. We've got unrest politically. We've got nations against nations. We've got war against war. And what does he tell us to do in verse 10? Stop. Be still. Know that I'm God. Can I just say it in a vernacular? God's saying, I got this. You stop. You see, I don't know about you, but when my world starts falling apart, then I see the cracks begin to go. I want to put a Band-Aid on everything. I want to fix it. That's my pride. God says there's a time where you just wait. There's a time for you to rest. There's a time that I will be exalted in the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts... It's with us. That's a great term. And it means the Lord God Almighty and all his angelic beings are with his people. know, this is a, a great, great, great psalm. And I find encouragement because I need to know what the psalmist is saying. I can't tell you the number of times that I've been in 37 years of ministry and gone to hospitals and sat by the bedside of someone and prayed this psalm with them. And they needed peace. And Maybe that's where you are today. Maybe that's what you need to know. Let me ask you, what's your real refuge? All of us have a refuge. The question is, what is your real refuge? For some of us, it's our bank account. Some of us, it's our education. For some of us, it's somebody we're married to. Maybe it's our children, our grandchildren. What brings you the most delight and the security in your life? psalmist says, it's God. Can you just picture the Israelites at the temple and you have a a group of people here playing the lute. Some are playing the lyre. Some are, the cymbals are over here. The singers are all in place. and, and, And the sons of Korah just go... And a great throng of worship to say our God will be exalted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. This text of Scripture became very dear to Martin Luther. Matter of fact... This was the passage of Scripture that he used when he wrote that great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. This was it. If you know anything about Luther, you know that he was a fiery preacher. He was a theologian. He grew up listening to his mother sing. He sang in boys' choirs and weddings and funerals. He became proficient at playing the flute. had a beautiful voice. that could sing. When the Protestant Reformation began, Luther determined to destroy worship to the church. And he helped revive congregational singing. And on one occasion, he took a piece of paper and a pen and he wrote these words A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper. He amidst the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate on earth is not as equal. And verse 3. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear. For God hath willed. His truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can't endure. For lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindreds go, this mortal life also; the body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. There was a times when Martin Luther had written that hymn, and he became quite discouraged. And his good friend and associate Philip Melanchthon would come to his side and. They would say to one another, Come, Philip. Come, Martin. Let's sing the 46th. Let's sing the 46th. He's our refuge. He's our strength. Let's pray. Father, we bless you and thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us this wonderful psalm of encouragement. And Father, I pray that you would bless us as we reflect upon you and your goodness. We pray for those that are in times of crisis even now, that we might be reminded that you are the God who loves us more than we can know. You are the God that's given us the great sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ. You are the God who reigns on high. It is not us. It is you. We pray, Father, for any that may be here this morning listening that don't know you as the Lord and Savior of their life, that today they would see their need for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and simply say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be the God that we've been looking at this morning from psalm 46 in my life i yield to you forgive me of my sins in jesus name we pray and give you glory amen i want to ask you to sing two verses of hymn number 441 jesus shall reign verses four and verses five keep you and the lord to make his face to shine upon you and the lord be gracious to you and give you peace In the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen